This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Amen. We back on yeah, great. I want you to put your hand on your heart. Is, am I right? Let me just raise Raleen. Help me here. This one, yeah. Okay, my wife always is. She's uh, more the one that needs to help me there. But anyway, put your hand on your heart, and then you just say this with me, okay? Say this with me, Lord Jesus. Stir my heart. Stir my spiritual man. For you, Amen. And that's exactly what I trust the Lord this morning to come and do to to mess things around here, okay? In our inner being. And I want to share with you this morning uh, four pillars of spiritual refreshment. You can call it four laws this morning. And uh, I want to paint a picture this morning um, of a house. You know, sometimes a skier. You have four pillars on that house. And uh, you need all four of them to build a house. And it's also, like I said, uh, spiritual laws of a refreshment, but renewal, revival whatever you want to call that. Um, But I believe that we need those four pillars in our life in order to continuously experience the fullness of God and to see more of Him and experience more of Him. Um, So um, I'm not so much going to minister in giving you a lot of teaching. We'll touch on some scriptures. I'll give you those four keys this morning or those four pillars. And I want you to go home this afternoon and during this week and start building your house around those pillars see that as the four pillars and you start building the bricks around that so it's your job to put some flesh into that and color and that is going to come with the holy spirit with seeking the holy spirit um amen so you can help me preach here as well can i just say can everybody say amen amen okay you're allowed to talk in church while i'm preaching i love it when people respond okay so if you don't respond then I'll just stop and I'll see if you're still awake. Okay. That just shows to me, uh, shows me that you are listening. Okay. And you're allowed to say shout hallelujah and amen and whatever it might be. I've been last week in, a, in Ochu doing a funeral there. And one of um, our kids in our children's school, a Sunday school at 11 years of age, died two weeks ago. And we had to do a funeral there. And sometimes for us here in our culture, we are... Just with, we have certain lenses on, you know, and sometimes good to go outside your culture. I say outside the culture, but sometimes there was family in our church. But just experiencing the presence of God in a different way, you know, because who said we are right? You know, who said they are right? But I think they've got something that we can learn, and they, we've got something. So we need to learn from one another. Um, I was always privileged this, more, this last week as well. I was um, traveling to the north of Namibia, visiting um, Rundu and Grootfontein. And um, as I was driving up there on Monday, I came back, and one, when was it Wednesday morning from Burundi, I, um it was rainy, kind of rainy, overcasted. And at one stage, I, between Rundu and Grootfontein, I just pulled over, and uh, it was wet, and I stood there next to the road, and it was green, especially when you come from the desert, you go in there. Uh, they say it's not as green as normal, but for us, you know, it's still much greener than here. <laughs> um, so uh, nevertheless, I was standing there and it was so wet, kind of uh, just after a fresh rain, and I was just breathing that fresh air. You know? Same as with here, and some, some mornings when you just go for cycling, whatever it might be. But that freshness of the rain, there's just something about rain 
I think that people in Namibia can appreciate. I remember when we were in England, we didn't appreciate it as much. It was like, ah, oh, does it rain again? Not raining again. I never thought that I would say that. Yeah? Scotland as well. Yeah? But when you're in the desert and you don't see rain as often, you, you really appreciate that because you know the value of rain. You know what, what rain would bring. I mean, our con- currently our country is in a drought. As you go up there, uh, people are really in need of that. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we were having a national week of prayer, and we joined, our churches joined all across Namibia, and um, then we had another two weeks again, uh, two weeks ago, we had a similar event like that, and I, I couldn't help to think that is, this drought that we're experiencing in the natural, not a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual realm at the moment here in the church. I was standing there next to the road, and I could just stand there and think, wow, man, I could just sit down here and just breathe. And then just look around me, and it's green, and it's beautiful, and, it's, and I just praise God. I'm like, God, God, this is just this is, this is a lacquer. Huh? But I knew I had another 700 kilometers in front of me, and I have to get in my car and just go back into the desert. But uh, it's just so refreshing. I thought about the church. Could it be that the church of today is like that, that we've grown content with what we do on a Sunday here? Another Sunday, just come to church, go through the motions, sing a few songs, listen to a sermon, go back home, do a cell group, do an intercession? Or have we come to a place that we are so crying out for God, so hungry for God, that say, God, there must be more. Seriously, what we are experiencing, if this is what we are doing, tell you what, I don't know if I want to be part of church. Because we continuously have to yearn and desire for more of God. And I I'm just sharing with you basically some things which I believe God is taking me through that, these pillars and things. So I am not standing here this morning completely saying to you, I've ticked the box. I think this is part of stuff that we have to build around continuously, that we have to come back to these values continuously in order to continuously energize us and refresh us, to take us to a fuller portion. And we were praying two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when we were praying for, for rain. And I sense that God is saying, you know, sometimes we are more concerned about the natural drought, which is really a, a problem, rather than the spiritual drought of this nation. The sad, sad thing about our nation is there's never been a revival in this nation before. And sadly to say, the church is okay to carry on like we do. Amen? That's ouch. I'm talking to myself here this morning. Huh? We, we're happy to do church. We're happy to do another year. But are we crying out to God for a visit of God in this nation that will touch and flood this nation like never before? And that we will become instruments in the hands of God wherever we are to bring life. And I'm going to give you these pillars this morning. The first one, let me just state it there or give it to you. We pursue what we desire. Listen to this. It's a, it's a law, not just not in, this, in, in, in the spiritual, but the uh, opposite happens also. We pursue what we desire. Listen to the scripture in Isaiah 26 verse 9. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. That word desire. The Lexham Bible Dictionary defines it this way. It's a strong, naturally, morally neutral force that drives human beings. Listen to me. That drives human beings to satisfy the needs of life. Desire. It starts with desire. Sorry to say. 
And I'm digging deep this morning to get into that place which I believe where God is with me as well. Just re-examining my desires. What do you really desire? You see, we desire so much, so, uh, so much other stuff that will cause us to satisfy those needs. Because there's a connection between that desire and what we are looking for to satisfy that need in life. When we look at the scripture and we look at the Hebrew and the Greek, or let me put it this way, the, the biblical reference to this, because it's different, it means to crave for the original, to take pleasure or delight, that word desire, to take pleasure or delight in, to be willingly inclined. Then in some places, it refers to, to ask, to claim, or to demand. And I think the trend which I notice in Scripture is this. is If we desire, if we crave enough, it goes over into a place of demanding and asking. The two sounds a bit, you know, and it stands opposite one another in a way. How can you ask, or you desire, but yet you ask. You desire, yet you demand. But that our desire inside of us rises up, that God starts doing something inside of us, stir us so much in your own life, in, in, in this town, in your area, that you become so discontent that you get to that place that Jesus, this cannot last anymore. This cannot carry on like it does. Because there's something deep inside of me, a desire that's busy stirring. And eventually, we pursue whatever we desire. Amen? See, they did a study some time ago, theologians, and they did it with two lenses, with a theological or biblical perspective, but also from a, uh, a scientific perspective, to see how the behavior of man is connected to the desires of man and the habits. And this is the conclusion that they came to. They said, desire is the engine that drives behavior. Every action is taken because of the anticipation that precedes it. It is the craving that leads to the response. Now listen, I just got one simple question for us as the church. Me and you, what do we desire? Do we desire another church service? Because we can have church here, on and on. Or do we want to see God's glory being manifested in this nation? People being sweet off by the presence of God. And we work harder and harder in the flesh. And we're just trying, oh Jesus, we need to get the gospel out there. But is it purely from that place of desire, Jesus, so that the world, that the dying and lost world will see that you need, that they need you. You see, we crave for what we feed on. Listen to this. You crave for what you feed on. Think about chocolates. Think about my kids. Love, I love meat. So my little one, oh man, she just, last night we ate leftovers of the previous night, Bri. No veggies, it's just meat. <laughs> I said, where did that come from? Anyway, we, desire, we crave for what we feed on. Hmm? If you eat salad all the time, that is what we will crave. Isn't that true in our spiritual man as well? If you watch television all the time, what's happening? You crave for that. If you spend time in the presence of God, you crave for that. I can carry on and on and on. 
I'm talking to myself here this morning. I'm ministering to myself. I, list, I, I see this spiritual law being fulfilled in my own life. And it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to start feeding on that stuff that's sometimes so innocent. And I'm not saying, you know, we become so spiritual that, and spooky that we cannot relate, but that we want to be in the presence of God. That, you know, when you are there, all those things are losing its, its value to us. It's, it's, we desire to be here because that is not, when you compare that, listen to what Paul was saying here. I read it this week as I'm having my study time with the Lord, and I just, this is just the first time I saw that scripture in that way. In Romans 10, verse 1 and 2, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. In actual fact, let me just stop there. You know, Paul writes there previously, he says, um, I'm willing to be cut off for the sake of your salvation. <laughs> I'm like, God, oh, this scripture convicts me. I don't know if I can pray this. I don't know if I'm ready to go to hell for the sake of my brother. Lord, I want to go to heaven. I want to be with you. I cannot say, honestly, I am willing to go to hell as long as my brothers can just go to heaven. Think about it. That's heavy. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, God, that challenged me into my core being of loving my neighbor like never before. And then he goes on and, he, and he's talking about Israel here. He says, I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. Is it up there? Yeah, misdirected zeal. You can underline that word misdirected zeal. I wonder how many people in church sit this morning with misdirected zeal. That Israel, with Jesus being present, missed it because there was misdirected zeal. Sometimes we're so enthusiastic. We're so full, but we've got misdirected zeal. Jesus came and he made it very easy for us. He says, listen, I can categorize all three of them for you. Easy. Easy. I mean, this, only Jesus can do that. The cares of this life. Hmm? Sorry. The, this, the cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of the flesh. Misdirected flesh. And I think, uh, misdirected flesh. Yeah. Zeal. <laughs> think about that. Whenever we become distracted, whenever our desires get mixed up, it's always in those categories. It's the deceitfulness of riches. We start running after that because we think we will find significance once I have this job or once I have this position or once I own that much or once I have that salary or once I have that car, once I have that house, once I have so much and then I will feel content. Or we run after other things, the lust of the flesh that we desire, because it starts with the eyes, it enters into the eyes, and then we are being told that if you have that, you will be happy. Or we are being swallowed by the cares of this life. And you know what? Daily we need to fight that. Because we need all these things to survive. We need money, you know. We need all of those things. But it's easy to cross that barrier. It's easy just to live for the cares of this life. Hmm? I mean... Am I talking nonsense? Oh. I'm talking to myself. I've got children. I've, I'm a father. And I can, I can so easily be swallowed in by just living to make ends meet and just to take, keep my, take uh, my kids through school and just make sure they've got a good education. And also, and, 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 and. And we live for the cares of this life. And can I tell you, there will always be something else. The cares of this life will just tell you, there's just another need. There's just something else. And your focus is so on the cares of this life that we gradually shift away from what is it really about. You know, all those things, they need to follow when we follow Christ. 
And we need to make a decision to say, Jesus, we're going to put our eyes on you. And yes, Jesus, we need money. And yes, Jesus, our kids need education. And yes, Jesus, I need a job. But Lord, that is secondary to why I'm here on earth. My ultimate desire is not to have that top job up there, to have a top position and to be influential. The only reason why we call to, oh, wait, like with Solomon, when we are influential, should be influential, is to influence people for Christ. Not to build your own kingdom, not to have a, a kingdom for ourselves. The only time, and I love that when Solomon says, Jesus, or Father, God, make me influential so that I can influence people out there for your kingdom. And God knows when he can give us influence. But I also know that there's another one that will also give us influence. You can choose what you do with that influence, but I'm getting distracted. See how ineffectivity in the kingdom of God can directly be linked to these three things. That misdirected zeal sometimes. That desire that's at the wrong place. See, sin is not the result this morning of a behavior so much. It's a, it's a focus problem. It's a focus problem. A problem of desire and pursuit. See, desire, my friend, my brother and sister, desire deals with the root issue of all of us that we have. We're desiring the wrong stuff. I'm talking to myself. You, you, can be, you can relax, okay? I'm not hard on you. I'm hard on myself here this morning. I'm examining my own desires this morning. While pursuit is dealing with the actions. Because eventually, you will pursue whatever you desire. You can tell me you're for the kingdom, but just check your fruit. You will show me what you desire. I, um, I read this this past week, and it brings us to the second one. We encounter what we pursue. Remember, we desire, or we pursue what we desire, and we encounter what we pursue. The one connects to the other. So if you encounter certain stuff in your life, it's because you pursue that. Sometimes it's temporary stuff. Sometimes it's eternal stuff. Sometimes it's a mess in your life because you were unknowingly, or knowingly, and willingly, willfully, going down an avenue, pursuing certain stuff. And you get to that place and you realize there's emptiness here. Some people would sell their souls. I mean, <laughs> yeah, let me not go down that route this morning. Let me stay on this topic. But let me read you this. This is so powerful. I read it this past week. Satan's not particularly interested in sin. His primary objective has always been, it's never been to tempt you into violating a particular set of rules. His number one aim is simply to divert your attention away from Jesus. Because here's the thing. When my focus is upon Jesus and I enjoy his presence and I'm with him, sin is not so easy. It's, it's like, I don't want to go there. Sometimes we, we, we take the wrong route. We take the legalistic route. And we want to, oh, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to do it. But the, the thing which we need to do is just to desire more of Jesus. And when we desire more of Jesus, that's so easy to leave that behind. That's so easy to walk away from that because I just don't enjoy that. My focus is not there. And he says this, you'll use sin to do it for sure, but he's equally able to use business. Now we need to pay attention. Or shame, or pain, or religion, or any game, Candy Cross Saga, I don't even know all of these games. <laughs> or an obsessive relationship, a relationship, a golf handicap, I don't know what sport we can throw in there. <laughs> or a pay rise, or an illness to distract you from the Lord. <clears throat> Good stuff sometimes, eh? Good stuff. Satan hates the fact that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, broken relationships get 
fixed and when we love him with all our dirt then death itself can lose its sting it is written by Peter Pete Greg and Dirty Glory it's just a focus problem it's just a focus problem where are your eyes this morning that we fix our eyes on Jesus I am um, I've been listening to this when was it Friday morning there's a new uh, what's it CD out of Shane and Shane then I was listening to that songs hymns of Shane and Shane and it's just so beautiful it's just worship I said to my wife we're having a coffee on Saturday, uh, Friday morning after we dropped off the kids but you're listening to the music in the background and I'm like uh, it's almost like that thing swallows you into that place of worship then I become emotional. Then I'm like, okay, I'm still here in the natural. I'm talking to my wife. And I said to her continuously, listen, man, this music is just, wow. And I believe God wants to draw us into those places from time to time. Just come here. It's almost like this force, this invitation, like, come here. I mean, just imagine for a moment, he's that, he's that, he's that one that's so in love with you, that wants you to desire him as much as said to say that he desires us more and we desire him God has been ministering to me on that in that area of intimacy how much do you desire me we can be so busy mommies, daddies a lot of necessary stuff but do we really crave for more of you Jesus more so we will eventually encounter what we pursue and the fruit of our lips the fruit of our lips we will taste that but the fruit of our lips is a confirmation upon what we are dwelling and what's inside of here it's just a law it just comes out you can tell me you can tell me you love Jesus but eventually it spills out <laughs> and sometimes we're not at a good place in our lives and then it comes out Psalm 23 verse 5 says this you prepare a feast for me in the presence of of my enemies listen you can underline that word feast i love that this past week i was meditating upon that and i thought about that this this god we serve says listen sometimes i don't take the enemies away sometimes i'm able in the brokenness of this world in the challenges you face to prepare a feast there for you right there in the midst and we pray, Jesus, take the enemy away. And Jesus, take the brokenness away. Now I want you, in the middle of that brokenness, I want you, in the middle of that enemy, to come and have a feast with me. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I've sometimes prayed, God, just take that away. And God said, no, don't pray about that. Just enjoy the feast that I'm busy creating here. Just be present here. Just, just desire me. And then you will, in the midst of that situation, because it's not always possible Sometimes life happens around us. Sometimes there's brokenness around us. Sometimes there are needs around us. But he is the one that is able this morning in the middle of the day to come and prepare a feast for me just to enjoy his presence. Right there at your office. Maybe just for a second. Maybe just for a minute. And it touches your heart. And you just sit there. I mean, I, I, I just, you know... <laughs> I just sense this lately so much. The more I feast with him, the more I want to feast with him. The more I have those moments, the easier it is to get into that place again. Because it's just continuously, and it's surprising me, and it's here, and it's there. And God wants to draw us into those places of feasting with him. See, 
This brokenness of this life would draw us away. The cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, so that we desire that more and then we're never at that place where we feast with him. And you don't have to be in church to feast with him, please. If we thought, oh, and life would have been boring if we can only feast on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night or on a Tuesday morning when we have in the session. I think the most precious times is when it's just me and him. I mean, I said it to my wife this past week when I drove up to Rundu. And sometimes I take people with me, but I was a bit selfish because I didn't want somebody around me. Forgive me, okay? I know I sometimes have to take people in the journey with me, and we have to do that, okay? So keep me accountable here. But there are times when I just want to be alone in that car, not putting the radio on. It's me and him. I've got eight hours with him. And now I'm not so spiritual that for eight hours I pray, please don't worry that you think, oh no, I can't pray for eight hours. No, just enjoying him. Just meditating upon him. Then praying. Then praying in tongues. Then just say, oh God, but that's so beautiful. God, you, 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 you just, oh wow, this is just so beautiful. It's a great God, I just enjoy this. Oh God, what are we going to do about you? There's so, there's so much that we can do. Oh God, what are we going to do there? I mean, we need you there. Just dreaming with him and then just enjoying his presence. That is what I believe God wants to give us continuously, feasting in the midst of this. But here's the thing. Many, many, many times we are so concerned about the food and the feast. It's more about the food and what we can get from God. And he's creating this feast and I'm more focused on, oh Jesus, you're going to bless me. And you know what? That's the father. He's just a good father. He wants to bless us with all those kinds of things and, and stuff. But that's never been the focus or the purpose of the feast is that we get so obsessed with what our Father's given us that, um, that we do not enjoy His presence anymore. And the world will get us to focus more on the things than on the Him. There's a saying we often say, when we get into the presence of God, sometimes we just have to be and not do. Say, I need to be and not do. I need to be and not do. You get that? Just sit there. Because we need those times of refreshment. We need those times of just enjoying our Father's presence. But from that place we are fueled to come out of that place and say, wow, this is amazing God I serve. I cannot but not keep quiet about that. Can I tell you about what I just experienced? Can I just tell you what he just told me? That is so precious. See, when we move from that place, it is not hard work. It's not tough to love people. It's not tough to tell people. You know, sometimes we've got this picture being painted in our minds of, you know what, I need to pray the sinner's prayer and I need to do, run all this and this people, person needs to be saved. No, just, just sow what the Holy Spirit has given you right now. And even if it's just one seed, just love that person, sow that seed and walk away and trust God. Then in the process of time, he will experience the goodness of God. Number three, we protect whatever we value. We protect whatever we value. If we place a value upon something, we will protect that. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And as much as it is a command, it is also a spiritual law this morning that we will protect eventually what is valuable to us. Think about your house. Why do you lock away in that safe? I know what is in mine. It's not money. It's my gun, sorry. 
Okay. Now, but I have to according to law. <laughs> okay. But they are precious to me. But anyway, why do you lock your house? Because you want to be safe at night. You know, you value your people. You value those people around you, their lives. It's precious to you. I need to lock. Otherwise, I could live in the open. There are people out there that's not got the same agenda as me and you this morning. Like that's being hand, that's been, listen, it's just a, you're just an agent either in the hand of God. You can't be in the middle. You're either an agent in the hand of God or you're an agent in the hand of Satan. Let's call it what it is. And up to that point where we choose Christ, we're busy living our own lives and being agents in his hand. I know that sounds very strong this morning. <laughs> but we protect ourselves from people with different agendas. We protect whatever we value. And here's the thing, an unguarded heart is a vulnerable heart. An unguarded heart is a vulnerable heart. A heart this morning where with a deposit of truth, Jesus spoke about that in Matthew when he speaks about the sower, Mark. A heart with a deposit of truth but without self-discipline is a vulnerable heart. We can have all these truths. You can come back next week. Then you can have moments of truth being deposited into your heart. If you're not going to make a plan to protect that, guess what will happen? What did Jesus say? Birds of the air. They're flying out there. The moment you walk through that door, they come and tell you, that wasn't so serious, man. That stuff you heard there is not so deep. You know, think about that for a moment. But sometimes God will drop that in our midst and you know boom it just knocks you you know god i need to do something about this and then we 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 have in in many ways we lost our fear for the word of god and for the presence of god so we we become so a bit uh, you know comfortable there and we hear the word of god and we're like mm, i know that one yeah it's not too bad you know i can carry on and i carry on and i walk out of the presence of god an unguarded heart with deposits of truth of deposits of truth is a vulnerable heart this morning if we value the deposit of truth this morning and next week or wherever and whenever we experience God, if we value that truth so much, we will protect that. We'll build self-discipline. Sorry to say, sorry to say we need self-discipline. Nobody, you're not going to be so spiritual tomorrow morning to wake up at five or six o'clock because you're so spiritual you wake up. No, you sit your alarm. <laughs> huh? I don't know why people sometimes think we are so spiritual, we need to live in a different place. You're still here on earth. You still need to guard your heart. You still need to guide your spiritual man. And you still need people around you to keep you accountable and say, listen, how are you doing? How's your intimacy with the Lord? You need discipline. Now, I'm not saying build around the flesh. I'm just saying God has given us those to protect. A heart with good intentions. Listen, a heart with good intentions but without perseverance is a vulnerable heart. We can sit here. We can sit for more of car say, yes, man, I get a part great ideas, good intentions. But if you haven't got perseverance, sometimes it takes a while. Amen? I don't know about you. If we could just become so spiritual or become so aggressive at the pace at the, that we attend church meetings, man, we would have been... A, we would have been up there if we, can, uh, if we could uh, pace ourselves or complace ourselves. But unfortunately, the flesh is very active here. 
And it takes perseverance with those truths to, 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 to apply self-discipline, to walk in faith, to apply it continuously so that certain things die and that certain things rise in our midst. We protect whatever we value. Listen to the scripture in um, Matthew 13, 44. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Isn't that beautiful? The kingdom of God is when we, you know, sometimes you discover something that was hidden for a long time. You're like, wow, I, never, I thought this was lost, but now I found it again. And exactly the same. When God does something in our lives and he gives us a new truth, the kingdom of heaven, heaven is being established. We're supposed to sell everything and say, Lord, this is, this is precious. It's a price thing and it's a value thing this morning in our lives. You will always pay the price for whatever has got the highest value in your life. You can tell me it's a kingdom of God, but you'll pay the price for something that's got the highest value in our lives. We pay the price and we protect whatever is valuable in our lives. Could it be, could it be that we place higher values and other stuff this morning when we compare that to the kingdom of God, which is probably be, but below ouch huh? sometimes we place too much value on stuff that's temporary I've been doing now almost three funerals next week probably I will do another one and I think there's nothing as in funeral will hit you so much sometimes for me I just I didn't I don't like funerals but I have to do it and it's every every time it's a crying because I feel the pain of that family I've been doing one yesterday. Last week, I've, doing, I've been, uh, I've been uh, doing one of the 11-year-old child. And this week, we're planning. We just heard yesterday about a man in our congregation, 56 years age, that passed away as well. So 11, 90, 56, doesn't matter. But it's nothing that brings you to that shock of, man, you are a vulnerable being just living here, and you're one breath away from die, dying. That makes me re-examining my own life and say, Jesus, am I still running fully for you? Jesus, am I using every bit of my energy just to live for you? Because I don't want to waste time on this earth being busy with stuff that doesn't bother you. And I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy life here. I'm just saying sometimes we're so occupied with this life that God wants to get us back onto, onto his page. The last one. We experience life where there's an outflow. You can put outflow or overflow we experience life where there's an outflow. He who believes in me in John 7, verse 38, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You know the word belief in scripture? It's not the belief that we sometimes have a perception. You have a problem in the church or in, in the country, put it that way, in, a, in, in some churches as well, probably in our church as well, that a lot of people think that's just a mental consent. Just knowing about Jesus. Oh, I believe. I'm going to heaven. I believe. No, no, no. The belief, according to scripture, was a different type of perception that they had. It was, it was a complete surrender unto God. It was a yielding to the Holy Spirit. And then in James 2, he talks about the believing and also actions. We can go into that at a later stage. Not now. But that we cannot say we believe, but they are not accompanying acts. There's an outflow. There's an overflow. Listen, your shadow will always release 
what overshadows you. Your shadow will always release us what overshadows you. Where's your focus? Where's our focus this morning? And we will reflect in this world what we are most aware of. We will reflect in this world what we are most aware of continuously. Therefore, overflow this morning or fullness is not measured by content. Fullness is not measured by content this morning or what it contains, but fullness is measured by overflow. If we say to one another this morning, I'm filled with God and overflow, and I've got one simple question for you. Can we look at the people around you? See, we all sometimes would love to score ourselves a little bit higher. But the real test for me this morning is not about how much I say here this morning and how I can jump up and down and be excited for Christ. I need to go out there and just look at the people that I spend every day with. What's happening around? Are they encouraged? Are they stirred on to come up higher? Because there's an overflow in my life. And natural, not a, not a legalistic type of Bible bashing. Oh, here he comes again with his Bible. Oh, he's going to preach to me. Let me just run away. God, help us. <laughs> oh, please don't go into that. That is legalistic, please. <laughs> I mean, we need to pray for one another if we get in. But from a place of love. Can you see that it starts with desire? Then he goes over into pursuit. Then he goes over into encounter. And when we encounter that, we experience life. And then we get to that place of it overflows because our desires are right see if we struggle this morning go back to desires I lately just pray those prayers and I, then I enjoy God's presence I enjoy his time in his word I enjoy moments and I'm like God this is so great God help me with this desire that it would never go away God just take this desire even deeper Right now, I enjoy it. But God, you need to work with these desires even more. That Help me, help me here. Because I re- realize there's, there's times when I get out of that, when other things will pull me again. And if I feed that, it will pull me into that direction. Amen. Let's close our eyes. I want us to stand. We're just going to sing a song. You can close your eyes. But I believe that we need to just bring ourselves before the Holy Spirit this morning and just, just ask Him just to come afresh in our lives. That wherever we're going to do this year, wherever we're going to go, wherever we're going to speak to, will come from that place of love, will come from that place of desire, will come from that place of our inner being that's connected, that's craving for more of God. You know, then reaching out to the lost is not a job. It's not a burden. Doing these things is not a burden, but we just enjoy His presence. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love your Holy Spirit this morning. And Father, we want to take delight in you. We want to take delight in your presence. We want to say, Jesus, there's no other, no, nothing better than being in your presence this morning, Lord. 
that you know our deepest desires, that you have created us, Lord, that your word says in Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I dreamed of you. Father, this morning, Father, that you've placed inside of us inherent desire, Lord, to commune with you and desire to connect with you, Father, that will not be satisfied with the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life, but, Father, purely with you, that being in your presence. And Father, we pray for ourselves. Before we pray for anything else, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch us, that you will sweep us, Lord, that you touch this church, that you will touch Shofar Church, Father, that you will purify us, that you will draw us up, Lord, that you will invite us. And we know, Lord, the invite has gone out, Lord, to come up higher to you, to experience you like never before, Lord. And Jesus, we know that you want to do that to the rest of your body as well. And we pray for our nation, Lord. Pour out your spirit afresh on this nation, Lord. Oh God, if we've become content with what we have been doing, we've been doing, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. There must be more. There must be more, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Will you lift your hands tonight? I know it's been a beautiful time already, but I just want you to say, God, I'm here to meet with you. Lord, I'm leaning into who you are. I'm coming after your heart. Lord, would you come and pour your spirit out tonight? Would you fall afresh in our hearts? Would you just come and wake our hearts up, Lord? Those of us that need it, Father, just come and pour your spirit out tonight.
Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.